Hello, welcome back to the Ice Bath. I'm Matt. I'm Griff. We did that backwards today. It's usually you doing yeah, the introduction. Um, how's it going? Welcome back to episode two of the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. Hope uh, hope you guys are ready for a, a, a doozy of an episode. Yeah, we had uh, we had a couple big big announcements yesterday with um, a couple running backs signing. Yeah. So um, first off, you want to talk about the one that pertains to to you and your team? Yeah. I was I was very excited. I I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, I was starting to lose some hope, but Dalvin Cook did end up signing with the Jets last night. Um, I, I love it. What do you What do you think about it for the Jets offense? So, um, Brees Hall, um, when he was on the field last last season, was an absolute monster. Yeah. But then, obviously, he what tore his ACL, right? Yep. Um, bringing Dalvin Cook, uh, he, you're able to. Um, control the, the load offset on both of the running backs. And, uh, you know, they're going to split carries. I think they're both going to be fantasy relevant. I agree. But I think it adds a whole new element to this offense where now you have to game plan for two star running backs. Um, and, it, again, it, it um, you know, kind of uh, controls, the, controls the carry load. So you're going to be more uh, ready for the, the playoffs instead of having – a running back with 250 carries he might have, right. you know, 150. And, uh, you know, he's going to have fresh legs for the playoffs. Bre- think, uh, yeah. Brees was activated from the pup list this morning as well. So I did see that, Big, yeah. big news for the Jets' uh, backfield. And then, then, obviously, we got Ezekiel Elliott signing a one-year contract with the New England Patriots. Now, I don't think this is going to have as big of a fantasy impact on Ramondre Stevenson's value as people think. Uh, I think Stevenson's still the clear-cut back there. But, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott looked kind of washed last season. Um, you know, there, there have been some videos released this the off season where he looks crisp and uh, his cuts and, you know, is looking in a lot better shape than he has previous years. But um, he, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's, what, 28, 29? He's yeah, getting up I there in age. Dalvin is as well, though. Yeah, but I, I, Dalvin... Um, I think Dalvin has more in the tank, though. Right, that's um, exactly what I was going to say. Zeke is 28, and Dalvin, I believe, is also 28. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, these guys are at the point in their career where I don't think they're ever going to be starters again or, or, or key workhorse backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be complementary backs, and uh, I I mean, they're great complementary backs to have. Uh, I think you're going to see Zeke Elliott more in... Like um, well, power formations. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get the ball in the goal line. Right. I, I I think I saw a stat. I don't know if it was. I think it was just last year he converted like fifty four percent of his uh, goal line opportunities. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great power back, but he um he's not an every down back ever anymore. No, like no, he used not to at be. all, not at all. But yeah, I I actually I don't hate it for the pa- uh, for the Pats. Um, I was a little confused at first just because like. They've always been that team they could kind of plug and play anybody at running back, and they right. seem to do pretty well. And the fact that Ramondre Stevenson has been, the last couple of years, been an absolute stud. He has. He has, and he's gotten better every season. Yeah, um, but they don't have Damian Harris anymore. They don't. I was just looking at their, their depth chart, mm-hmm. and they, behind Ramondre, they didn't have anybody. They had Ty Montgomery as their next guy. Yeah, and um, Pierre Strong. Right? Pierre Strong, J.J. Taylor. I mean, they have a bunch of guys. But again, like you said, they, they've always been a team to plug and play running backs, and you know there was always this, um, you know, kind of uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? You, you can never take a, a Patriots running back in, in the NFL or a fantasy draft because oh, yeah. you can never trust them. It was like there'd be a new guy every year that you never heard of that would pop I still, out. I still think Ramondre is a borderline RB one. I, I I agree. I I think I think his values hurt a little bit because I think he will lose out on those goal line touches. Yeah. Um, but he's still going to get a lot of the receiving work out of the backfield. Yep. He's still going to see a majority of the carries through that offense. Um, I think the stigma, that's the word I was looking for, stigma, of not being able to draft Patriots running backs, uh, you can throw out the door this season. Yeah, I think that was kind of thrown out the door going into last season. Right. Um, I think, although they still had Damian Harris, I think it was pretty clear that Ramondre Stevenson was was going to become their guy. And he showed it last year. Right. Um, where, uh, where do you have him ranked in your uh so Ramondre in my um I had him top 10 in my running back rankings does that drop him you think at all like are you um probably I, I yeah like I haven't updated these rankings I would probably <laughs> drop him I'd, I'd say he's probably a fringe top 10 guy fringe top 10 yeah um well it depends top 10 yeah uh I have McCaffrey one Eckler two Bajan three Followed by Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, and I just moved Stevenson to behind Jonathan Taylor. Okay. So I think he's just at that fringe top 10, like you had said. Um, but I, again, I, I think he's still going to have a, a tremendous fantasy value. He's, I agree. He's going to get a lot of touches. Um, there's not many other offensive weapons in that offense. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Mike Gesicki, who just got hurt. Like, yeah, these aren't really, like, you know, A-plus star names. You well, know, like, the, thing, the thing that I like about Mondre this year is the fact that their O-line's still good. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to have to – they're going to have to be a team that runs the ball a lot. They are. Um, and, yeah, he's going to lose some carries, like you mentioned, but – I don't really think that's going to hurt his value. He's going to have the bigger gains. He's going to have more early down opportunities than Zeke is going to. So, yeah, I mean, bringing in Zeke, Ramondre is going to score a couple less touchdowns, um, have a couple less yards, but I really don't think it impacts him as much as bringing in Delvin Cook is going to impact Brees Hall. Right. Yeah, no, I I think I, I haven't updated my rankings to include the Brees Hall and Delvin Cook. Um, See, like I, I think yeah. at this point, Dalvin Cook ends up becoming the one A, and Brees Hall the one B, at least to start the season. I think they're going to be very cautious with Brees Hall because you could be now. Um, before before bringing in Cook, you have Michael Carter, you have Israel Banacanda, you have Bam Knight, who Bam Knight had some really good games last year. Um, Michael Carter has shown some flashes. Obviously, Izzy's a rookie, but bringing in Dalvin Cook just. It's, it's an opportunity for the Jets to kind of ease back on Brees Hall yeah. and, one, prolong his career, mm-hmm. and, two, like you said, going into the playoffs this year, barring a, a, a Jets collapse, um, I mean, they, they should be a playoff team this year. They're built to be a playoff team. They're, they're going all in, and it's right. pretty evident, bringing in Delvin Cook, you want to build that offense around Aaron Rodgers. Um I think that's for a reason, and I, I really do think that's to take that workload away from Brees to where he doesn't have to be that workhorse back. Yeah, um, especially since, you know, w- with with Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson, you have two kind of opposite backs. You know, R- Ramondre is, you know, that more agile. Yep. Um, 
uh, runner, while while Zeke is is more of a power back. But you know, Brees and Dalvin Cook are kind of similar in in their playing styles, if you ask me. I think they're just both very well rounded backs. Yeah, like they're going to break off the big runs, but you could use them both as your power back. Right. So you're you're never gonna, you know. Again, I think they split split carries. It's going to be like fifteen fifteen each. Yeah. But um, it, it'll it'll be interesting. It's it's going to be one of those wait and see situations where, uh, come you know week two or three, you'll really know the pecking order of that backfield. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I mean, yeah, I but... think it's Brees' backfield to to lose. Uh, I mean, again, Dalvin Cook's on a one year deal, or because Dalvin Cook's on a one year deal, do you run him into the ground and try to save Brees Hall like you had said? It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's it's going to be kind of similar to the McCaffrey uh, Elijah Mitchell situation in San Fran. Yeah, I think it'll be similar. Um, like you said, I, I do I do believe Cook and Brees are both fantasy relevant. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I think instead of Brees Hall being an RB one like like I had him before, I think he drops down to probably a, a mid end RB two now. I agree. Um, his ceiling's not nearly as high as it was. Yeah, but, but I think he's going to have a safe floor. I think him and Cook. You could put around that same range. Um, maybe Cook on the lower end of RB2, but I, I do think Dalvin Cook has a really big year. Maybe that's my Jets bias coming out, but um, I still think he has more in the tank, and I think uh, coming to a, a, a new scene, a change of scenery for him is going to be good. Um, and, yeah, I guess we'll just see, but I am very excited to add Dalvin Cook to this offense. Yeah, and as you should be, he's been a, a great running back for Minnesota for years. I mean, he's been an RB1 almost, I don't know, what, the past two, three years? Yeah. Uh, so a, you're adding an, another RB run to your offense like you had, you had mentioned. So, yeah, um, outside of the running backs, we news broke today that the Colts are naming AR-15, Anthony Richardson, their uh, starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, this one, it surprises me a little bit. I think it's a little premature. I do, too. Um, when, when you look at teams kind of rushing – I, I'd say rushing, rushing rookie quarterbacks into an offense. It's it just, I, I don't understand it because you look at what Patrick Mahomes did right. sitting behind Alex Smith. Right. And now he's the best quarterback in the league, arguably. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, you can't really use that as an example. That That's one in a million type thing. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes had all those intangibles. He's in the right situation at the right time. I, I just do think a lot of, a like quarterbacks are going to benefit from sitting behind the veteran and learning an offense. Hundred percent agree. And especially in the Colts situation where they're not going to be a good team, like right. I don't, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Like I just don't think they're going to be good at all. Um, why rush him? He's what twenty years old? Did he just turn twenty one? Like he he's he's 21. very young. Um, you have Gardner Minshew. Yeah, who is a very very serviceable, serviceable quarterback. starter. Yeah, quarterback. He um. The thing with Anthony Richardson, I think the reason they want to, you know, shove him into this offense right away is, I mean, obviously there's going to be growing pains, and you know there's going to be growing pains. But a couple things to note: he brings a different element to the game than Gardner Minshew does. That he is has, very true. He has a bigger arm. He he can he can spread the field, uh, or um, you know, he throw it deep, spread the field. Uh, he is mobile. You know, a lot more mobile. Uh, Minshew's mobile too, but that is the thing is like. You could adjust your offense to Anthony Richardson. Now. Right. You could implement those packages where he's going to be running the ball. Yeah, and you can put him in situations where, 
you know, he's going to be a little more comfortable, you know, a lot more RPOs, um, and, uh, just make it a more suitable offense. Like you had mentioned, uh, for him to succeed, but you know, with all the growing pains he's going to have, what worries me is Jim Irsay is a very impulsive owner and he likes to, um, you know, have his hands. Yeah. He's too hands on. Yeah. In, uh, in the management side of things a little too much. So I'm worried if Richardson starts to struggle right off the bat, you know, maybe they regret their decision and, you know, week three or four, they turn to Minshew. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the issue is like, once you name him the starter, it's really hard to go back on that. Right. And bench the rookie, um, just kill his confidence. Exactly. And so like, yeah, like you said, like any other team, I really wouldn't be worried about that. But with the Colts, with Ursay, and with the way that that team has been managed over over the last what, decade, right? I, it's really tough to say that they won't do that. Right. I mean, he's in good hands. He's with Stain uh, Station, who you know uh, helped develop Jalen Hurts, who has a similar build. Um, I mean, I'd say Anthony Richardson is probably just has a bigger arm than Hurts yeah. did. But um, when it comes to utilizing his mobility, I mean, Stace, Stace, Shane station is, is the guy to do so. Uh, I think Richardson will have fantasy value just because of that rushing upside. hundred percent. Um, I think one thing you should be worried about though is the, the turnovers. Um, you know, the turnovers he, he was, he was, wi- he was wildly inaccurate right. in college. Yeah. The turnovers and the fact that their O lines not getting any better. No. Um, they're all aging. Like, well, they, you they have, have you invested. Have studs on there, they have invested in the the offensive line the past couple of years. So they they got um, uh, Ray, Raymond right uh, last season, Bernard Raymond. Oh and, yes, yes, yes. And uh, this year they got uh, that like six eight dude, Blake Freeland. Freeland. See the dude from. Uh, he wasn't the guy from. BYU was he? Uh, I think he was. Yeah, BYU. Oh, he, yeah. The six eight tackle from BYU. They yeah. took he fell to the fourth, but I mean some of that size, if you can develop him into a, a decent tackle, I mean you have your bookends of the future. You got Quentin Nelson there, Brain Smith. Um I, I I think the O line is gonna be improved this year than it was last year. Yeah. But um you know, I think they're also planning for life without Jonathan Taylor. You know, and, and kind of have to at having, this point. having Anthony Richardson start right away, you know, you you kind of make up for the fact that you're losing a large part of your run game. They should be going out there and signing Kareem Hunt like now. Yeah, like that that should that deal should be done today. Hundred percent agree. So um, I currently have Anthony Richardson as my uh, QB fifteen. Um, I, I I don't hate that. I I think he's going to be a high end backup, a luxury backup, but will have the upside that could eventually turn into starter, kind of like how Justin Fields was last season. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields, again, carried a lot of fantasy teams on his legs. Um, he was very turnover prone, but again, uh, because he was rushing for 80 plus yards and a couple touchdowns a game, it was making up for um, the lack of passing ability. So that's why I have Richardson there. Um, did you want to uh, talk about the, yeah. Mock drafts? Yeah, so we, we decided before we started recording today we were going to do a uh, fantasy football mock draft. Um, we, we created a 12-team PPR league against computers. Some of the computers were very questionable in this. Um, randomized the picks. Matt ended up with the second pick. I ended up with the fifth. So we'll just talk about 
how we went through and what our teams are looking like. And because uh, yeah, you guys could decide which uh, which team you like better. I personally already like Matt's team better, but teach uh, their own. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're I think we're pretty even. Um, yeah, two solid teams. Um, if this was my team walking away from the draft, I'm I'm not upset about it. Right. No, hundred percent same here. So. Uh, I have number two overall pick. Number one overall, Christian McCaffrey went. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between him and Justin Jefferson. Obviously, I took Justin Jefferson at number two. A lot of people have him going one. Field Gates, I saw a video of him making the case for Jefferson at the that number one pick. Um, so I, I think it's consensus that Jefferson's going to go top three. Out, yeah, easily. At, yeah. If he, if he doesn't, then whoever has four or five is getting a steal. Right. So I, I, I went Justin Jefferson. Uh, my, obviously, my other options were Tyreek Hill, Austin Eckler, uh, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, Bajan Robinson, all those guys. But I just I can't pass up Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, with the fifth pick, I ended up taking Tyreek Hill. Three and four were Chase and uh, Eckler. Um, and then, so I was kind of torn. It was either Hill, Kelsey, or Bijan for me. And like you, I am also very high on Bijan. And like he's he's a guy we we talked about it last week. He's a guy to even consider at 101. Um, but I I have to take Tyreek Hill here. Um, he's going to stretch the field. He's going to score a lot, and he's just a dependable wide receiver to have. Yeah, I I love Tyreek Hill this year, and um, I have him as my wide receiver too because I I truly believe that he is is going to compete with Justin Jefferson for leading the the league in receiving yards. Yep. I could see Tyreek Hill easily breaking 2000 yards receiving this season just because I see it too. just not only is he fast, but he has become one of the most um, impressive route runners in the league. Not uh, only that, like even after the catch, he's just right. so good. Yeah. Well, but again, he's so open. I mean, he's been putting DBs uh, on, you know, their, on their butts in, in uh, training camp oh, this yeah. year. So, I, I love that pick of Tyreek Hill in the first round. Yeah, so then coming back in the eighth pick in the second round, I ended up taking Josh Allen. Um, we were talking about this a little before, and, like, I'm not afraid to take a quarterback early. And if Josh Allen's going to be there at the back end of the second round, I'm going to take him all day long. Yeah. Like, I, I, th- I think he's probably the best fantasy uh, quarterback you could get this year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's just – that's just how the board fell, and I ended up getting him there, and I wasn't going to pass that. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's my QB1 uh, for, for obvious reason. reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I like that pick just because it offers great positional value. Um, I, I touched on this a little last week, but I, I love the positional advantage you have when you take a quarterback or a tight end early that is clear-cut, you know, number, number one, one above the rest, yeah. like Kelsey or Josh Allen. If you're going either one of those two, um, you have a clear positional advantage. You know, once you get to like rounds three or four, and you're getting into those like, you know, second tier guys, you know, I I think that's a little too high for him. Yeah. Unless you're getting the number one dude, you, you might as well wait. And that's kind of been my strategy. Yeah. Um. So I uh, I had almost back to back picks here. Um. On the way back in the second round, I took Tony Pollard. I was surprised he he fell this far. I was too. Um, I think he's going to come back healthy, and he is now the sole back in that yep. Dallas backfield. Um, no, no Zeke to uh, create any competition. I think he's going to absolutely eat this year. I think he t- finishes a top five running back uh, behind a, a great offensive line. I, I love Pollard here 
at uh, the end of the second. I come back at the beginning of the third. Um, I'd say Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris has been very, very consistent his first two seasons in the NFL. He has had, I believe he's had like 1,400 yards rushing in back-to-back seasons. Uh, but the thing with uh, Pitt last year was their offensive line was a little little beat up and, and you know, just wasn't really performing that well. They've made some pretty big moves this, this offseason, signing Isaac Smalo and uh, drafting um, what, Roger Project Jones. Jones. Um, to improve that offensive line, I think Najee Harris is going to have a, a really big uh, breakout year this season. Uh, so I love him as my RB two here. Yeah, I think he's very underrated going into this draft season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then coming back in with my third round pick, the fifth pick in the third, I took Devonta Smith. Um, was also between two guys we already talked about earlier, Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall. Um, they ended up going the next two picks. I just, uh, I'm I'm really high on Devonta Smith. Um, we talked about this when I made the pick. He really could be the number one receiver in that offense this year, fantasy uh, fantasy wise. Um, and it's just so hard to pass on a guy in that offense. Like a- after the year he had last year, him and AJ Brown both had monster years. They both finished as top ten receivers. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say they're, they're both top ten. So like coming back with Devonta Smith in the third round, I was very happy with that. Yeah, um, I could I could easily see Devonta Smith at, uh, leading that team in receiving yards. Yeah, I agree. And then coming back in the fourth, I took my first running back. Um, not sure how I feel about him as my RB1, but I did get Miles Sanders. Um, we saw what Deontay Foreman and uh, Chuba Hubbard were able to do in that offense once they traded McCaffrey. And I think uh, Miles Sanders is obviously better than both of those. So would not surprise me if Miles Sanders has a really good year now that he could be utilized properly. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Miles Sanders finished as a top five running back last year uh, in terms of rushing yards. So he's proven that when given the opportunity, he, he can produce. And I think in Carolina, you, you have, um, he reunites with Deuce Staley, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, that he's the running backs coach there. Um, so they already have that chemistry. Uh, they they know each other very well. I think Miles Sanders is uh, due for another really big year, especially in fantasy. I think he's going a little too low for my liking. Um, I agree. I, I think uh, getting him here at the fourth is an absolute steal. Yeah, I think he's a high end RB two. I agree. Um, and and I'm that's kind of how I was building my team. It was, it was like if I could get a high end RB two um, in like the fourth fifth round, then I'd be happy with it. Yeah. Just the way the board was falling for me, uh, especially going Hill and Allen with my first two picks. Right, and and Carolina's a very young team that doesn't have, you know, uh, the, the they're not really bolstered with elite weapons. No. I think Miles Sanders is their best offensive weapon, and I think they know that, and they're going to utilize him. Uh, coming back to me in the fourth, um, Amari Cooper had just come off the board the pick before me. Uh, I wanted to get a wide receiver, too. And my options were Drake London, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins. Those were like the, the top three on the board. And one of these guys stands out more to me than the other uh, two. Uh, and that was DeAndre Hopkins. I, I selected Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins has proven that he can be a wide receiver one in fantasy 100%. and just in, in general. I mean, he, he's he's been a dominant force uh, in the league for several years. And he has done it with, you know absolutely horrible quarterback play and he's done it with excellent quarterback play um 
He, I thought he was a safe pick here as a wide receiver too, and that's that's usually what I'm looking for in my wide receiver too. I want somebody who's safe is going to get me, you know, a, at least you know 12 to 14 points a week uh, floor, and Hopkins definitely provides that. I know he's in Tennessee now, and people are worried about that offense. Um, Ryan Tannehill is efficient. He is. He's he and he's not going to, you know, light up the step, uh, the, light up the box score. He's not going to have the most spectacular stats, but I, you know, I think he'll get Hopkins, you know, yeah, five, mean, six he, catches a game. He finally yards. had somebody added to that receiving room. Right. He's been working with like Nick Westbrook, Akine, and like. Right. Traylon, uh, Traylon Burks. But before okay, that, but... before that, he had AJ Brown, and AJ Brown, yeah, produced. Just fine in that offense, so I think bringing DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I I expect the same thing. I think I think Hopkins is going a little too low. I love the value here. I agree. Um, coming around here in the fifth, uh, I I took Damian Pierce, um, other backs on the board: DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara, and Alexander Madison. Uh, if you listened to us at all last season, you knew we were very high on Damian Pierce. That has not changed for me going into this season. Has not changed for me. Um, they have signed Devin Singletary, but I don't think Devin Singletary can even come close to competing with Damian Pierce's uh, talent and and um, his uh, work eth- work ethic. I love Damian Pierce this season, and getting him as my RB three, um, a potential flex play. I I think it's very another value pick there. Yeah, um, coming into the fifth round, I took the fourth tight end off the board, um, George Kittle. Um, I, I just think George Kittle is just so consistent when he could stay healthy, mm-hmm. um, and being able to snag him in the fifth round, I, I just couldn't pass up on that. I didn't really like any of the other options here. Um, so I figured might as well get one of my last chances at having a positional advantage here. Um, I, I think it's like a, it's like a five man tight end race and that's really it. You got Kelsey. Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, and the guy that you took with your next pick, I, I, I won't get into that yet. But uh, coming back in the sixth, I took Javante Williams. I think he's going very low. Um, I, I think Javante is going to have a really nice bounce back year. They're going to be a little careful with him, and they brought in Samaje P. Ryan because of that. But I still think Javante Williams, I, I touched on it last, last week, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as a top 15 back in fantasy this year. Uh, I, I, I like that take. I, I was big on Javante Williams last season, and then he got hurt. Uh, so I I think uh, he's, again, going to have – if he can bounce back from this injury. And he's also shown he's – he's been one of those guys – we talked about a, a lot last year going into the season when we were both high on him. He's he's shown he's better working in a committee backfield right. anyways. Um, in college, he had Michael Carter. When he came into right. the league, he had Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, bringing in Pirine, who I think Pirine's a very serviceable back – um, I think that's going to help him a lot and increase Javante Williams' value a lot. Yeah, and before I get into my next pick, um, a couple things I want to mention. Uh, so j- your George Kittle pick uh, in the fifth, I, I really like that pick. Um, I think the fifth is about where he should be going. Um, the upside is absolutely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what concerns me is the injury history, but if he can stay healthy, two out of three of the quarterbacks competing for a starting job in San Fran are very young. And they're gonna look down for that look for that checkdown option with George Kittle. Yeah, you know, rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks love their tight end. Kittle's just also very good at getting open too. So. Right. So I I absolutely love that pick there. Um, I went tight end at uh, my pick here um, in the sixth round. 
So I, I originally was hoping to get Trevor Lawrence to fall to me here in the sixth. Um, very big Trevor Lawrence fan this year. I think he's going to finish as a top five uh, fantasy quarterback. But he unfortunately went in the end of the fifth. I took Evan Ingram uh, here at the end of the sixth. Evan Ingram, uh, Trevor Lawrence absolutely loved him. He was one of his favorite targets last season, uh, especially in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think you know with the the what three year uh, contract that they they just gave him. Yeah, I, I think. He, they, they, they intend to use him. Yeah, he's going to so. be a big big piece of that offense. And like I right. said, out of the five tight ends that I really think are relevant to have starting every week, he's probably number five there. And I like that pick a lot. Yeah, and then coming back in the seventh, um, it, it was between uh, two receivers on the same team for me. Uh, I ended up going Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. So the reason I went Chris Godwin, uh, I wanted to get a, a, a wide receiver three. And you know, improve my receiver depth. But Chris Godwin has been a wide receiver too almost every season he's been in the in the league. I mean, when he's healthy, he's a good 14, 15 points a week. Yeah. Um. I know he's had you know Brady throwing him the past couple seasons, so obviously that that helps improve your value a little bit. But uh, I I think Tampa Bay isn't going to be modest. All I think they're going to sling that thing. You got Baker Mayfield, who is a, a true gunslinger, and uh, you know if Baker Mayfield plays how he has in the the, the past few years, you know they're probably going to be down a lot of games. They're going to be forced to pass, and uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is going to get a lot of receptions. Yep, coming back with my pick in the seventh, I took the other one. I took Mike Evans. Love it. Um, I was like trying to plan out ahead. I was between Godwin, Mike Williams, and Mike Evans. Um, Godwin, obviously you took Mike Williams went the pick right before me. So I was left with Evans and honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, Mike Evans is going to score touchdowns and he's going to put up points. I, I'm not worried about having him as my wide receiver three there with Tyree kill and Devonta Smith. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say there coming back in the eighth round. One of my, one of my favorite backs this year, um, Brian Robinson, he had some really nice games last year. And towards the end of the year, he was really becoming a fantasy-relevant running back. Um, to get him in the eighth round as my RB3, I was very happy with that. Yeah, um, that, that I, I like that pick a lot. I think he's going to uh, finish as the workhorse back for Washington at the end of the season. I agree. You know, Antonio Gibson has he's hung around. Shot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, yeah, he's had a shot. He's hung around enough. He's kind of like a bad cold. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Brian Robinson is very talented and going to overtake that backfield, um, probably by week seven or eight. I think you'll see him, him. Get I a think lot of, even earlier, honestly. Really. Yeah. I think he's going to get a majority of the workload. Yeah. I but, agree. um, you took one of the backs you liked here in the eighth. I took one of the backs. I absolutely love this season in the eighth. That's Jamal Williams. Um, how can you not love him? Now, yeah, I mean, personality-wise, he's got one of the best in the NFL. Not only that, like when when DeAndre Swift went down last year, yeah. and he stepped in, he was a he beast, was a stud. Yeah, I I took a late round flyer on him last season, and it paid off for me. Um, he was a great running back too, and uh, now he's in New Orleans, where the first three games, he's Kamara, the guy. yeah, he's he's the guy, so he has a chance to to earn a, a bigger share once Kamara gets back from his suspension. But also, you know, New Orleans is famous for having, uh, you know, 
a two-headed uh, monster at running back. Yep. You know, look at back to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram days. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram, you know, he, he got a lot of the goal line work, but there was a lot of goal line work because the the off the offense having those two backs ran so efficiently. Um, I think Jamal Williams is, is going to have a, a monster year this year. I think he finishes as a high-end RB3, low-end RB2. Um, he's going to get a lot of goal line work, and uh, he's going to be a great compliment to Alvin Kamara. And I think getting him at the end of the eighth is way too low for him. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I had him as my running back uh, 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have him pretty high on my list. And then coming back here in the ninth, I felt it was finally time to get a quarterback. I reached on one a little bit, um, but that's just to get the stack. I drafted Kirk Cousins. Um, Kirk Cousins, another guy that's efficient. He's he's going to get you, uh, he's going to have a high floor, maybe a lower ceiling, but um, I, I love having a stack. But you know, and having Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, yeah, like. uh, having your number one receiver and and quarterback be on the same team, uh, just I mean, it, sorry, yeah. I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it, it, it provides so much value because um, when your quarterback scores a touchdown, or I mean, your receiver scores a touchdown, so he's your receiver. Yeah, so. especially when it's a guy like Jefferson, like right. I said, like he's gonna score he's, a lot. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. score a lot. Um, my ninth round pick, I took a running back that you that you are very high on this year, Jarek McKinnon. Yes. Um, I'm also a big McKinnon guy. I think in a PPR league, he's very, very, very valuable. Um, and to get a guy like him in the ninth, I was extremely happy with. Um, build up my running back room, which I, I you could argue is a little weak, but yeah, I like that pick a lot. Um, and then. We'll finish off with the 10th, and we could just talk about some of our late-round flyers yeah. after that because a lot of it was depth. I think I made this league too big um, when we were doing the mock. But anyways, I, 10th round, um, I talked about him last week, Cortland Sutton. Um, he's a guy that I take a gamble on every year, and like I said, it hasn't really paid off. But with uh, Sean Payton coming in as head coach, I think Russell Wilson gets back to form. Um, maybe not exactly where he was in his MVP days in Seattle, but... I, I do think Russell Wilson has a very good year, and I think Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are both going to be big parts of that. I, I agree 100%. I think Sean Payton's going to uh, absolutely revive Russell Wilson's career, um, where he'll be good enough. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the 10th here, uh, just to finish this out, I took Tank Bigsby yep. uh, out of Jacksonville. Now, I love taking rookie running backs because they're young, they're spry, Um you know, teams are going to want to utilize them, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because the, the younger running back is, the more he has left in the tank, right? So, <laughs> tank, tank, Bigsby. Um, and and for the same reason I took uh, Jamal Williams, I took Tank Bigsby. You have Travis Etienne in Jacksonville, but he, he's going to get, you know, more of the first couple down um, carries, uh, first and second. I think Bigsby's going to be the third down guy and goal line back. Uh, he's a great power back. He was in college. Yeah, he compliments Etienne very well. He, exactly. Um, I, I just love the value here, and he's my RB five, so I shouldn't have to need to play him, especially when I have uh, Tony Pollard and uh, Najee Harris in front of him. But it's nice to have that depth, especially uh, with such great upside. And especially if ETN uh, goes down with an injury. I mean, he has some injury history already. Like, that's yeah. a guy you, you have 
an RB one in a good offense. So hundred percent. All right. Um, Some of our late round flyers. Um, I took Rushy Rice in the eleventh. I think Kansas City is just uh, kind of all over the place in the wide receiver room. It's kind of dependent on if uh, Kadarius Tony could stay healthy. I'm not really a big Sky Moore guy. Um, I think Rice, as coming in as a rookie, is going to get some opportunity, and he's got Mahomes throwing him the ball, so like it's hard to not like him there. Yeah, I uh, I took John Mechie in the twelfth. I think Mechie is the number one receiver in that Houston offense. They took him fairly high last year with the third round. Did Might have been him? second, second or third round, but Houston invested in him, and uh, he he had a, a freak incident happen to him where he was diagnosed with cancer. God bless he he came back and he recovered and now you know this is kind of like a rookie year for him but he uh he was phenomenal in college yeah and if he can translate even a little of that into the the league you know he has a, a competent quarterback thrown him and see this Stroud, hopefully um and uh, i don't see anybody else in that offense competing with him for the number one like nico collins has had his shot the past couple of years yeah he hasn't really taken advantage of that um, Tank Dell might compete with him a little bit for that number one spot, but I think John Mechie um, is a little more complete than Tank Dell. I agree. Uh, so I, I think I think Mechie is a great value pick late, uh, especially if you want running back heavy and uh, are weak at receiver. You know, Mechie was drafted twice last year. Was he? He was drafted second round, forty fourth overall by the Texans, and then he was taken in the seventh round, pick fifty nine in the CFL draft by the BC Lions. Oh wow! I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, interesting. Just a little <laughs> side note. Um, another guy I'm, I really like as a late-round flyer this year is K.J. Osborne. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a couple of my friends about this, and like last year he had a really solid year, um, and now Thielen's gone. You've got Jordan Addison coming in, and as a rookie, I mean, he's got to build that chemistry with uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, and I think K.J. Osborne already having that chemistry is going to be really big, especially early on in the season. Yeah. Um. If you're in a pinch and you and I and I would need to really start him as a flex. I'm actually okay with that. Um, and the last guy I'm going to mention, uh, for my team at least that I took a late round flyer on, uh, in the 14th round was Paris Campbell for the New York Giants. Now the Giants went out and signed him. I believe to a one year one year deal. Yeah, I believe it was a one year deal. Um, but this is a guy who he's only 26. His first couple of years in the league, you know, he played. A one for the Colts, you know, and he had the injury, bug. and he had, and he had the injury bug. Now he, this, he's on a one year proof deal with the Giants, who you know are a mess at the wide receiver position. But out of every, you compare him to the rest of the receivers on the Giants roster, he's the one guy that's not a slot receiver. The yeah. rest of them, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty much him and uh, Darius Slayton who are not slot receivers and. Uh, Paris Campbell last year, the Colts utilized him uh, for the first time. He had 63 receptions, 623 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and I believe he ended up getting hurt again. And and he did get hurt. But every, all the reports that I've read about him say that he's going to be a big part of this Giants offense, and I think he could be the receiver one in that offense. Well, obviously Darren Waller is going to be the receiver yeah. one. But um, the, you know, when it comes to receivers, I, I think he'll, he'll probably play the – the X for them, and uh, you know they might use them in gadget plays and stuff. I, I like Paris Campbell's upside a lot, and uh, especially compared to other guys like Jalen Hyatt, um, who hasn't really been most favorable in camp. Um, Sterling Shepard, uh, 
Cole Beasley's gotten a lot of hype, but he's a 34-year-old 5'8 wide receiver. I, I just, you know, Paris Campbell, 26, has something to prove. He was great at Ohio State. Um, really good at Ohio State. Yeah. Wide receiver you. Yeah, I, I think he um, he has a lot of potential this season. Yeah, I mean, that'll pretty much wrap it up. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, I still like Matt's team better. Um, because of his backs there, Pollard and Najee. I think those are steals, and obviously well, yeah, do you want, Jefferson sh- Hopkins. Sh- should we just go over our starting lineups real quick? Just... We can throw a screenshot on the screen. Well, what about the listeners on the podcast listeners? That is very true. Whoever's um, listening not yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, go Yeah, so just, just to recap, my, my starting lineup would be Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Running backs would be Tony Pollard Najee Harris. Receivers would be Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins. Um Evan Ingram at tight end, and my flex either Damian Pierce or Chris Godwin or Jamal Williams. Then I've got uh, Josh Allen at my quarterback, then Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Williams as my backs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith at wide receiver, George Kittle at tight end, and my flex is either going to be Mike Evans, Brian Robinson, Jarek McKinnon, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Foreman, KJ Osborne, kind of any one of those, um, depending on matchups. But yeah, um, let us know what you think. Um, for those watching on YouTube, we'll probably put a, a screenshot of the entire draft board just so you guys could kind of see how this fell for at least like the first 10 rounds. Yep. Um, kind of get like a baseline for your leagues too. Um, and yeah, check us out on social media. We're at Ice Bath Sports on Instagram and TikTok, at Ice Bath Pod on Twitter. And like I said, you could watch the video version of this episode on the Ice Bath Sports Podcast YouTube page. Don't forget to check out our merch. Check out the merch. Link's going to be in the description on YouTube. Um, and outside of that, I, I think we'll uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. And as always, stay, stay cool. cool.